The first store that I can ever remember was very similar to this store. It was a door that was at the end of our hallway. We lived in a 900 foot square or 900 square foot home and uh, there were five of us so it was kind of crazy most of the time. And when you look down that hallway, there was a door. I think I have a picture of it uh, from 1980. There is my uh, older brother and myself, and right behind that is the famous door. Now, you might be wondering, well, why is that door so famous? Because it was on that door that I attached my Nerf basketball hoop. And when I put the hoop up on to that goal, I was in another world. And I bet I played 10,000 games up and down that hallway. I uh, played against my family. I played against my friends. I even played sometimes by myself. Sometimes I imagined that I was Dr. J or that I was Larry Bird or I was Magic Johnson. And I played so much basketball in that hallway that my parents actually had to replace the carpet. And I just loved being able to play uh, on that door with the Nerf hoop. Now, uh, just telling the truth, folks, I went ahead and I crashed and I dunked and I took down about five hoops. I mean, I was the original LeBron before LeBron ever showed up. But I mean, I loved that door. And even though it was closed, it was no big deal for me. The truth is, though, is that some of you are behind closed doors right now, and you have been over the last month, and you are not as excited about a closed door as I was when I was a young kid. The closed door that you feel is very real, and it feels as if maybe even the walls are closing in because you're struggling to kind of make sense of this pandemic that we're in right now. Maybe some of you are behind closed doors because you're fearful that you might get the coronavirus. Maybe others of you are behind closed doors because you're just kind of following what uh, the governor's mandate kind of gives to us. Maybe for some of you right now, You're behind closed doors because you've been quarantined because the truth is you have the virus and you're sick and you're scared and you're wondering if you're going to make it. And I want you to know we're praying for you. We're lifting you up in prayer. Now, for most of us, we're kind of tired of these closed doors. I mean, we want to get back to our normal routine. We want to get back to doing the things that we love to do in our own time, in our own place. But the reality is the closed doors are here and they're going to be here for a while. And we're struggling with that. You know, the metaphor of a door is kind of what we've been experiencing over the past few weeks. But I have a feeling that for some of you, There were some closed doors that you were experiencing long before this pandemic ever even took place. Maybe for some of you, you're in a marriage or you were in a marriage and the relationship closed the door. Maybe you were dating someone and that door got closed. Maybe you started a new job and you were so excited and you were looking forward to an open door to take place within that job and you got into the job and everything was going well and then all of a sudden 
this pandemic hit and now all of a sudden you've been furloughed or your hours are less and you're worried because you wonder if the door will be closed and you'll never get back into that position again. Maybe for some of you, your closed door is with your finances because you were close to retirement and you thought you were going to get there and now all of a sudden you don't know and you're worried about it and you're scared. Maybe for others of you, you actually have no money coming in right now. You, you've lost your job. There's nothing coming in. You're wondering how you're going to pay your bills. How am I going to get through my mortgage? How am I going to be able to pay for my car payment? How am I going to be able to survive? You know, sometimes I just don't understand why it is that God opens some doors and he closes others. Unlike the closed door of my hallway that I enjoyed so much, the truth is most of us hate closed doors. What a, when a door is closed, we feel isolated, we feel lonely, we feel rejected, we feel all by ourselves. Can any of you relate to what I'm talking about today? I mean, open doors are so much better, aren't they? We love when a door is open to us and we see opportunity and something's going to happen. But the truth is, folks, is that most of us go through life with closed doors. You know, throughout my life, for, for instance, I've experienced many more closed doors in my life than I ever did open ones. And yet this is what I've learned, folks, is that God is present at each door. And this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning, and it's this. That God opens and closes doors for your benefit, not his. God opens and closes doors for your benefit and not his. We've had this door uh, as a symbol, but the reality is that a door is not a door, but sometimes a door is closed. If you think about it, a door kind of has two positions. It's either open or closed. And some of us have been experiencing a closed door in great ways over the past few weeks. And we're feeling alone and we're feeling disconnected. And this is what I've learned about closed doors. Closed doors are difficult to accept. Closed doors are very, very difficult for us to accept. One of my uh, first dates that I had in high school was with a girl by the name of Laura. I was in high school and she was in college. I mean, uh, I thought I was a ladies' man, you know. And uh, so I remember picking her up. I was able to, you know, drive and I was able to shave. So, you know, it was all good to go. And so I, I picked her up and we went out for dinner and a movie and everything was going uh, great and it was wonderful. And I took her back to her house and I walked up uh, to uh, up her sidewalk to the porch and I got ready to plant one on her and I gave this kissy, kissy, kissy. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoo, I'm on cloud nine. This is awesome. And then I looked to her as I pulled back, and she was crying. And I mean crocodile tears, like this great big tears going down. And then she said these words, I can't do it. And she walked into her house, and she closed the door. 
And I'm thinking to myself, like, what's up with this? And I was like, smelled my breath? Well, you know, did I have bad breath? Uh, you know, was it my driving? Was it my kissing? Am I a bad kisser? And so, you know, the next day I called her and she wouldn't answer. And there was no kind of resolution. And that closed door hit my face. I hate closed doors. And I hated that closed door most of all. And maybe you've experienced that as well. Have you ever had a relationship where you thought everything was going great and then all of a sudden it just ended? Maybe it was a dating relationship and you're like, what went wrong? Or maybe for some of you, you've gone through the pain of a closed door of divorce. And all of a sudden there's this separation and there's this disconnect that you've never experienced before in your life. Well, I would love to say that that was the last time that I ever experienced a closed door, but the reality is it wasn't. In fact, like I said before, I've experienced many more closed doors in my life than I ever have experienced open ones. And every time that a door closes, I feel like a failure. After I uh, graduated from college, I started to apply for some different teaching jobs. I was trained as a U.S. history teacher, and I was so excited about becoming a teacher. And so I applied to these different jobs, and nothing kind of came back at first. And then all of a sudden, I got some first interviews, and I was so excited. And I went through uh, different interviews, and I thought for sure I'd get uh, a call back for a second interview, and I never did. And I started to get a little discouraged, and then I went to Carmel, Indiana. And I went ahead and I applied for a job there. And the first interview was amazing. And then all of a sudden, the second interview, they called me back and they wanted to interview. And it went better than the first one. And the principal, as he walked me out of the door, he said, I just want you to know that we will be calling you tonight. It was great, Chris. We just have one more interview. So I went home that night and made sure that my parents were not going to answer the phone, and uh, we finally got the call. It was almost like the bat phone, you know? And I get the call, and I pick it up, and the principal said, Hey, Chris, uh, I just wanted to let you know you were the best person that we interviewed this whole time. The only problem is, is that our department is all male instead of female, and so we hired a woman instead of you. Well, at that point, folks, I wanted to reach through that phone and strangle that principal in Jesus' name. (laughs) But it was so frustrating. It was a closed door that I wasn't expecting, and it got slammed in my face. You know, folks, there's another closed door that actually we remembered a couple of days ago. Good Friday. You know, it was really, really good for us, but it was horrible for Jesus as he went to a cross and he died. And all the disciples thought as he hung there on this cross that that was the end. It was the worst closed door ever experienced. Jesus was dead. He was gone. He wasn't coming back. And the door was permanently closed. 
I want to invite you now to listen to the story of the biggest closed door. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb. He then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. The next day, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember what that imposter Jesus said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people he has been raised from the dead. And the last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. The the cave was closed. It was shut tight. There was no way whatsoever that they ever felt that they would see Jesus again. He was dead. He was gone. The mission was over. He was in a cave, and he was stuck forever. You know, maybe some of you feel like you're in a cave right now. You've been cooped up. You've been kind of locked in. You haven't been able to go and kind of do what you want to do. The door to your normal, everyday routine has been closed shut. And there's a piece of you that almost feels like there's, you're dying a little bit each day, that there's some hope that you wonder if things will ever get back to the way that they were. Folks, when doors are closed, it can feel like you're in a cave. The cave is where you feel all alone. You feel disconnected. You feel like there's no one around and no one cares. And I know for some of you right now, you're having that cave experience. Maybe it's because you've lost your job and you've always been a good worker. You've always arrived on time. You've already always done kind of the right things and all of a sudden the job's gone. Or maybe you have reduced hours now. Or maybe you have applied for a job and you got it, but you just wonder how long it's going to last. And you are under great financial pressure right now. And it feels like you're in a cave. The door's closed. You're by yourself. Maybe for some of you, what your cave experience right now is that you recently had a loved one die. Maybe it was to COVID-19 or it was to something else, but you're going through some mourning. You're going through some grief right now. Maybe for some of you, even before this pandemic took place, you lost a loved one. And it's almost like everyone's life has moved on and yours hasn't. You've lost a spouse. You've lost a child. You've lost a parent. And you're in this cave and you feel like there's no one who's there and no one who cares. Maybe you dreamed that your marriage would be great and it was a struggle. And it was a struggle, honestly, before the pandemic. And now that you're in such a tight-knit You're wondering, is it going to last? Is it going to survive? Maybe you 
lost a relationship during this time or recently from a good friend or a coworker. Maybe you've just been really deeply disappointed by one of your kids. They keep making the wrong choices and you feel like I'm doing everything I can and it's not enough. And you feel like you're the only parent who's in the cave. I don't know what the issue is for you, but the truth is some of you feel like you're in a cave and that the door is closed. Now, I realize that for some of you, you're like, well, that's not my reality at all. You've continued to work. Uh, everything's been going fine. Uh, everything kind of looks like it's up and to the right. You've continued to have pretty much your normal routine as much as you can. And this is just what I want to say to you. First of all, be grateful to God and thankful for what you have. But secondly, this is what I want you to know. You don't go through life, folks, without living through some cave experiences. The truth is, every single one of us is going to log some time in the cave. Folks, you know the the hardest part about being in a cave, being when a door is closed, is that you begin to start wondering, is God out there? Does he care? Is he thinking about me? Has he just kind of moved on and done his own thing? Is he going to keep his promises? Am I going to be in this cave forever? Will I ever be able to see the light of day? Am I going to die here? Am I always going to be behind a closed door? Now, the truth is, folks, that closed doors are hard for us to accept. All of us have been experiencing that over these last few weeks. But the truth is, and the Easter message is, folks, is that God doesn't leave you behind a closed door forever. Eventually, you experience an open door. And open doors are easy for us to accept. Open doors are always easy for us to accept. Maybe the biggest relational door I've ever experienced in my life is when I asked my wife, Jennifer, to marry me, and she said, yes, and I was so excited. Now, looking back on that time, though, I realized that the proposal that I had for this was not so romantic. It was very passionate, folks, but it wasn't romantic. Uh, you see, there are some guys, when they're inviting uh, their girlfriend, their fiance to marry them, they have elaborate kind of plans. Some guys will write a song and let them know how much they love them. Others will take a ring and maybe hide it within a dessert. Others will, uh, you know, maybe go to Madison Square Gardens, 20,000 people, and up on the big screen be able to put, will you marry me? You know where I propose that? A cemetery. It's true. It was a cemetery. Now, I don't know what you're thinking right now because we're not all together in a room, but I have a feeling on the other side of this camera right now, many of you are thinking this. You're an idiot. You are an idiot. And that might be true, but, 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 let me explain to you why it was in a cemetery. 
My wife, Jennifer, and I attended a college in northern Indiana called Manchester uh, College. Now it's a university. Uh, I don't know how that change happened, but it did. But we went there, and my dad was an alumni there. And during the time that he was in college, he pastored at a small little church that was out in the country, and behind it was a cemetery. And uh, it was very important to us as a family, and we learned uh, some great friends, and people loved us and cared for us, and we grew closer to God there. And so when Jennifer and I started dating, we would often go to church there, and then whenever there was an issue or a struggle that we would have, we would go there and we would talk about it behind the cemetery, because behind the cemetery were all of these cornfields, and there was like this beautiful kind of uh, woods that was there as well. And when the sunset would come, it was a gorgeous place. So on proposal day, I drove her to this church. We pulled around to the cemetery. I said, hey, come out here. I want to show you something. I was, I'm sure she was wondering, you know, you're going to show me a dead body or something. But I said, no, 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 I want to show you something. And I got on my one knee and I looked up to Jennifer And I said, will you marry me? And she responded, drop dead. (laughs) Not really, folks. She didn't really say drop dead. But, you know, looking back now on that proposal, you know, I think to myself, well, maybe that wasn't the wisest thing I ever did. But she said yes. And the door to our relationship was wide open. And it was easy for me to accept. Now, again, looking back on that proposal, I've learned just how much my wife loves me. And guess what? She married an idiot. (laughs) I haven't changed. Now, here's the point that I want to make. Here's the point. I am so glad that when I dated multiple different girls that those doors got closed because when it opened up for Jennifer and I for the past 26 years, our lives have been amazing because of this open door, because open doors are easy to accept. Open doors are easy for us to accept. Remember earlier I kind of shared with you about a closed door that happened in becoming employed as a U.S. history teacher. Well, it was a very difficult time. Uh, I was working in a playground factory. Jennifer was still in her senior year at Manchester, and we didn't get to see each other. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if I could ever propose to her because I didn't have any money. And I had to go back and live with my parents for nine months. And all of a sudden, it kind of felt like a cave experience. But this was the interesting thing about that time in my life, is that that is a time where I drew very close to God. You see, sometimes, folks, when you're in a cave, the only person you have is God. And when God's the only person that you have, then all of a sudden, that relationship gets very strong. And I remember as I was praying and there was no teaching job coming my way, I was like, God, uh, whatever you want to do with my life, I'm open to it. But God, just get me out of this cave. And that's when, for the first time, I had a prompting, kind of whisper in my ear that said, Chris, I'm calling you to be a pastor. Now, 
My dad was a pastor, and there was a part of me that was like, I don't want to do that. I mean, and just by the way, God, you want me to be a pastor? I mean, I have no experience whatsoever, and if it wasn't for Kathy Keener, I would have never even got through New Testament class. Are you sure I'm the one? I'm pretty inadequate. And I just felt this prompting more and more and more that that was it. And so my dad was a part of a church that uh, he had some uh, poll, you might say, and he said, hey, I think I can get you a couple of interviews. And so he did. And then finally, there was this, uh, these two little country churches in Flora, Indiana, that invited me to come and to kind of give a trial message. Now, this is the funny thing about the trial message, folks. I just took my dad's message and I did it word for word what he had. It had nothing to do with me at all, but they were either really desperate or I was desperate. I'm not sure, but they actually said, no, we want to hire you. And so a couple months after that, I left city life. I'd never lived in the country before, and I wound up in a county where there's more hogs than there are people. (laughs) And in the midst of that, uh, there were all the smells and everything else. And I was just like, but God, if you open the door, I'll keep walking through. And I did. And this is what is amazing about that story, folks. When I was in the cave, God came and found me. And then he opened a door that said, will you walk through it? And when I did, he took a 22-year-old arrogant and ignorant kid, and he did an amazing work. And in five years, we doubled as a church. I want you to know that when I was in college, all I saw was a closed door and felt like there was no way I was ever going to be able to get a teaching job, that it was closed. It was a dark time. I felt alone, isolated, rejected. I felt as if the cave was so deep. I was so deep into the cave that I would never be able to get out. But folks, here's one thing that I want you to know about caves. Caves are where God does some of his best work. Caves are where God does some of his best work. Early the following morning, just at sunrise, they carried the spices out to the tomb. On the way, they were discussing how they could ever roll aside the huge stone from the entrance. They looked up and saw that the stone, a very heavy one, was already moved away and the entrance was open. Folks, on that very first Easter Sunday, what we discovered as a human race, that this would become the greatest open door ever, that the resurrection of Jesus became the greatest open door. You see, all of his followers, all of his friends, all of his enemies thought that that when he went into the cave, that it was done, that it was over, that there was no more. And then all of a sudden, Jesus walked through the open door and things changed. Sometimes, folks, the place where you meet God is in a cave behind closed doors. But then you find that God is actually doing some of his best work to open a door that you have never seen. 
Now, I want to be very careful at this point because for some of you, you're like, I understand what you're saying, and it's Easter and the open doors and all of that, but Chris, my reality hasn't changed. I still feel like I'm behind a closed door, and it's a closed door of fear. I'm afraid of getting the virus. I'm afraid that maybe a family member will get it. I'm scared that I could get it and I could die. Others of you, if you were honest, you were behind a closed door, folks, long before this pandemic ever took place. I mean, some of you were dealing with the closed door of divorce before this ever hit. And when that door shuts, it's painful and it hurts and it feels like you can't even go on. And some of you are in that cave right now. For others of you, you're dealing with the door of bankruptcy or you're fearful that bankruptcy is coming. You get so overwhelmed when you think about it. It's like there's no money coming in and yet there's debt that's accumulating more and more and more. And you just wonder if you're going to make it because it seems like bankruptcy might be the next step. And you know what it feels like to have a cave experience and know that the door is closed. For others of you, maybe your closed door is the death of a loved one. Even before this pandemic took place, you lost somebody, maybe a spouse, a parent, someone else, and you're just overwhelmed. And the reality is, like I said, you know, everyone else's life is going forward, but yours isn't. And you struggle with the fact that you're in a cave and you're by yourself and it feels like the door is closed. Folks, we've all experienced closed doors like that. We know what that is like. Now, this is what I want you to know on this Easter. That ultimately, God never leaves us at a closed door. And just like the door in the tomb had been closed for two days, eventually, on the third day, God just like opened the door. He said, there's no more closed door. We're going to open up the door. And the door became open and God said, I'm open for business. Come to me, whatever you need, whatever you're struggling with. There's no more closed door. It's just an open door for you. And you can come and be a part of me. And if you're fearful, if you're overwhelmed, if you're struggling with something, the door is open. Come to me. And the power of that whole kind of concept is that you don't have to stay behind a closed door. You can get beyond the closed door. But for some of you, the truth is that your door is open, but the door of your heart isn't. You actually have a closed heart. Maybe it was even before the pandemic or during this, you've questioned God and you're struggling on whether or not God is even around. For some of you, your heart has become very hardened. 
and you're wondering, is it even worth trying to have an open door in my life? Well, Jesus wanted to encourage you, and so one day he said these words. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in. Folks, God says, I'm outside the door of your heart and my door is wide open. The question is, what about your door? What about the door of your heart? You see, on Easter, God wants to give you a gift. And this is it. It is called the eternal door. He wants to give you a life that is eternity. That you never have to be by yourself. You never have to stay stuck in the cave. You can actually have the gift of eternal life. And the scripture said that Jesus was going and he's knocking on the door. But this is what I love about Jesus. He says, I'll knock on the door, but I'm not going to huff and puff and blow the door down. You on the other side of the door have to determine whether or not you're going to open it up or not. And that's what I love about Christianity is that it is a faith that is not based upon God kind of twisting your arm. He says, I give you a free choice. Will you walk through the door? And he says, I'll be patient. I'll be as patient as I need to be because you are worth it. People matter to God. You matter to God. Now, I want you to know that if you would choose to open this eternal door, Jesus will never leave you. You will always have someone in your corner. He will not walk away. He will not ignore you. He'll never avoid you. He'll never slam the door in your face. He says, if you open that eternal door, I will be with you forever. And whatever you need, I can provide. Folks, Jesus loves you as is. Exactly the way you are right now, he loves you. He says, hey, I can help you become better, but I love you no matter what, where you are at. And there is nothing that you could ever do to take away my love. I'm just asking you, would you open the door? He's simply asking you, if I knock on the door, will you let me in? Now, some of you might be thinking right now, well, I'm just not sure if Jesus really would accept me. Because I'm telling you, Chris, you just don't know about my past. You don't know about some of the stuff I've done. I mean... I've done some tough stuff, and honestly, the reason why I isolate myself and I feel like I'm in a cave is because I'm not sure that God would ever accept me as is. And I'm hurting, and I'm struggling, and I'm suffering. And this is what I want you to know, that Jesus knows what it's like to suffer, folks. In fact, he suffered for you. Jesus actually knows what it's like to lose a job. He was taken in front of 
the Jewish officials and stripped of everything being a teacher that he was. Jesus knows what it's like to lose his safety, lose his finances, lose his reputation, lose his friends. All of his friends abandoned him, walked away in his greatest hour of need, and he goes to the cross and he dies on the cross alone. And it felt as if the door was slammed shut. But the evil one made one mistake, folks. Do you remember where they put his body? They put his body in a cave. They put it behind a closed door. And they thought that it was the end of Jesus. But what they didn't know, folks, is that God does some of his greatest work in caves. God does some of his best work ever in caves. In caves, God resurrects stuff. In caves, it's where God opens up doors that were once closed. In caves, he does his best work. And folks, today... Jesus is knocking on your door. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And he says, hey, I've got a gift for you. It's a gift of eternal life that you'll never have to walk through this life alone. And when fear comes and struggle comes and COVID-19 comes and pandemic comes, you're not alone. And this life is not the only life. I have a life for you beyond this life. And I'm just knocking on the door. And my question is, will you open the door? Let's pray. God, today, each one of us are behind closed doors. We're behind these doors, God, because we want to stay healthy. We want to stay safe. We want to stay alive. For some of us, though, God, the closed door that we're experiencing right now is fear. We're so afraid, God. We're so concerned. We're so worried. We're anxious all the time. And we need you, God. We, we need you to work in our lives. God, for, for anyone right now who is experiencing the closed door of fear, would you come to them right now, right where they're at, and remind them that you love them, you care for them, and would you give a peace that passes all understanding? Would your presence on this Easter engulf the room that they're in? Let them know, God, that you are with them, you are for them, that you never walk away from them. For some people, God, the door that they're behind right now is their past. Some of them are sitting and thinking, I could never 
walk through that door because God would never accept me. I've messed up too much. I've hurt too many people. I I just couldn't do it. God, for anyone right now who is behind a closed door of their past, God, would you free them up today? Would you remind them that you love them, you accept them, you're for them, you will never walk away from them? And God, maybe for some people, they've just been a little distracted. They knew you at one time. They've been trying to kind of follow you, but... They've just kind of drifted away. But in this national pandemic, God, they're wanting to drift back. They're wanting you to open a new door in their life. And God, I pray right now through your power that you would let them know that you are with them and you're for them. Now, I know some of you right now, some of you right now, want to believe that God would open the door for you. And you're ready. You're ready to walk through this eternal door. If you're praying right now, open up your eyes because this is what I want to say to some of you. Is that you can have the gift of eternal life if you'll just open the door. And some of you are like, I'm ready, Chris. This is my day. This is when I'm ready. This Easter 2020... And you're crying out right now and you're like, God, I want you in my life. I need you in my life. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. And Jesus has been knocking on your door, maybe for some of you, for weeks, months, years, decades. And now's the time. Now's the day. And the question is, will you open the door? And this is what I want to encourage many of you right now is to go ahead and to say, Jesus, I'm walking through the eternal door. That's what Easter is all about. And as you walk through that door, I want you to know that you are greeted by Christ and he loves you. And if you want to make that commitment today, if you want to make that decision today, I want to lead you through a prayer. And it's not just any prayer, but this is a prayer that God has been waiting to pray with you for a while. And maybe you've drifted a while, and now's the time to come back. But here's the prayer, and we'll pray it all together. Just close your eyes and be open to God, and just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life completely to you. I know you died for me. I love you. I open the door to you. I want to follow you, serve you, and know you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, I just want to say that all of heaven right now, folks, is celebrating with you for the commitment that you've made. And there's a little raise hand button. If you want to just tap that, we'll get connected with you. Or you can go to the jar.org, accept, and uh, someone there can help you through that. If you need prayer for anything, we want to be able to pray for you. Next week, we're starting a brand new series called Seven Words to uh, That You Need in a Crisis. And all of these words are going to be amazing. They're going to be encouraging you. And I just want you to know 
that we love you. We're praying for you. And as these doors open up, we want you to know that we are here for you. So the doors open and God is saying, Happy Easter. And he sends you his great love. Have a great week, everybody.